Hey everybody, it's Tim. Welcome or welcome back to the LOH Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and our YouTube channel where you can access all of our message content. Most importantly, I hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. This series I've titled Rags to Riches, and today we're going to talk about being loved by the Father. So let's just really go there. Um, I'd like to begin this message by telling you a story about a, a song that greatly blessed the church in the West uh, back a, a century ago. It was called The Love of God. Any of you living back then when it was... But anyway, The Love of God. It was written by a man named Frederick Lehman in 1917. Um, it's interesting if you do a study of some of these songs that were written that blessed the church for generations, a lot of the times the songs came from people who went through some tremendous situ hard situations in their life, and uh, that was the case with Frederick Lehman. He was a California businessman who was very successful, and just over a, a matter of days, he lost everything in some bad business deals that went wrong. I mean, lost everything to the point that he had to go to work in, in, a, in, a, in a shop in Pasadena, California, packing oranges and lemons in crates. And it happened overnight. It drove him back to church. And one Sunday morning, he was listening to a message from his pastor on the love of God, and it inspired him so greatly, moved him so deeply that he said he couldn't sleep for a couple nights, and, uh, and he couldn't get the theme of the love of God out of his mind, and he needed it so desperately in his life at that time. And at work, he began to have lyrics come into his mind out of nowhere, and he thought, I have to write this down, so he found scrap pieces of paper. And he actually began to write some of the lyrics on some of the broken parts of the wood of the crates. He got home and sat down at his piano and put melody to two of the verses. That song, the chorus of it, people sang that, and I hope still do from time to time. It moved people all across the world, and no wonder when you know the lyrics to the chorus. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen could ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin. O oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. And I'm going to sing the last line from my mom, who's in the nursing home watching. God bless. It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' songs. I'm going to tell you about the final verse that he added later on in this message. Let's start. Loved by the Father. It's the greatest of the riches. In Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse number 1, we read this. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, 
to the saints, the Hagias, the holy ones who are at Ephesus and who are pistios, faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. NIV says, in his sight. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ to himself. According to the kind intention of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word that is so alive. You could raise the dead in the tombs. And one day you will with just a spoken word. Everyone will come up out of the graves. Your word is alive. Your word changes things and changes people. I know today that this is not just to be a doctrinal dissertation and explanation, but a demonstration of the spirit and power so that nobody will put their faith in men, but in the power of God, like Paul said. Not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Anybody ready to receive some love from God? Say amen. amen. Look at the description. Let's leave this up there. Look at the description of God's love in these varied actions toward us in Christ. Chose us before the world began. Positioned us holy and blameless in his sight. These are God's actions. Adopted us into his family. And the word is so beautiful in the Greek. It says, brings us to himself. And then it says he graces us. Grace to us. Peace from God and from Jesus in this descriptive location called the Beloved. There is a location. There is only one location in all of existence in which if anyone is in that location, regardless of race, economic background, regardless of past, if anyone is in the only location that's designated, God graces them, brings peace to them, chooses them, sees them as holy and blameless in his sight, and predestines them for all of time and eternity. And that place is in the beloved and in Christ. In Christ, who is the beloved, tells us where you can experience the love of God. We're talking about the riches that God offers to people who have been in rags, who feel like they're in rags, or who continue to live in rags. 
We're talking about a God who has, before we were ever born, created an opportunity in a space, in a place. It would be no different as if God just spoke down from heaven into Allegheny, the Tri-County area which we live, and said, hey, anybody, listen, this is God. If anyone will get in their car and drive their car to 11507 Moss Avenue and go inside that building, which we wouldn't be able to fit them, just for listening to my voice and going to the place, I will call you holy, blameless, right in my eyes, bring you to myself, and the rest of my life and yours, I, I will show you my favor. I will give you peace. That's what faith is. Faith is, faith is not trying to do that for God. He's already done it. All he asks for us is one thing, trust. Trust this. I have designated my son as the location. And anyone who's in my son goes from rags to riches. Come on, somebody. That's, that's the gospel. All these other things, they're not the gospel. That is the gospel. Anybody could do that. Right? Loved by the Father is in the Son. God loves everybody, but love is experienced and actualized and generated only in one location. Christ. Christ. So, look at these phrases in these four verses. Of Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. And the Lord Jesus. Through Jesus Christ in the Beloved. It's saturated telling us where the location is and who the location is. And Paul says, if we are in Christ, God speaks blessing on us. Eulogetos, um, to God and to Jesus. Good words. EU, good. Logetos is a form of logos, word. Good words to God who has good worded us. Yeah, good words to the one who has good worded us. In other words, he has eulogized us. And we're going to talk about it in a minute. But this eulogy comes into dead things and raises them up. Eulogos, to me and you. And what, what, how has he done that? The ideal of God, the idea and ideal of God is for every person to live in the eulogos, the good words, because it's not just good words. If God really did say, anyone, get in your car and go here, here's the thing. When you got in that location, you would feel grace. You would experience peace. You would know that you're holy and blameless in his eyes. It's not just knowing, it's knowing. Because in that place, it is happening in Christ. It is happening. Everything that he offers. I said last week, and I'm going to say this phrase over and over again for weeks and weeks to come. When you're in Christ, you're loved by the Father. When you're in Christ, you're loaded with kindness from God. When you're in Christ, you are lifted in giftedness by the Holy Spirit. And when you're in Christ, and I'm in Christ, by the Spirit of God, we are led into good works. And we realize that we will step into events and go, I was born for this. That's the, that's the exciting Christian life. 
that's the exciting Christian. This is what God wants for every believer. He has good worded the world in his son. Jesus, well, here's what the Hebrew writer says. The Hebrew writer says, God spoke to our fathers in time past through the prophets at many times and in many ways. But in these last days, he has spoken once and for all. He has spoken in, not through, but in, in his son. He has spoken in his son. In other words, Jesus Christ is the final word of God. Jesus Christ is the sermon. He is the sermon. Jesus is the exact representation of God. Jesus is the sum total of God's explanations. Jesus is the revelation of the creator in a human being. Jesus is the word of God in a person. God in the flesh fully expressed Jesus. Fully explained Jesus. He said, he who has seen me has seen God. Loved by the Father. Loved by the Father is the promise for all who are in the location. And that location is a person, not a plan, not a program, not a practice, a person. Salvation is Jesus. And those who are in him, those who are in him, loved by the Father, loaded with kindness, lifted in giftedness, and led into good works. That's the Christian life. So, what does this love of the Father do in us or bring to us and hopefully release through us? Talk about that. First of all, this. For those who are in Christ, they're loved by the Father. Paul tells us right off, grace and peace is ours. Grace and peace is ours. Now, I, I want to take that word grace, which we all have heard our whole life long, right? I want to, I, I, I want to believe that the Holy Spirit will in, enlighten us to understand what Paul is saying here. Because the Apostle Paul, if you read his letters, all of them, you will know that Paul wasn't satisfied for the church in Corinth and Ephesus. He wasn't satisfied for the church in Rome to just have a doctrinal accuracy about these truths, grace and peace. Oh, he, you have to have that. But his passion was beyond that. Paul expresses that passion in every letter. And he uses the word epigenosko. Genosko means knowledge. You can know your mathematics principles. You can know your times tables. You can forget your times tables. You can re-know them. You can remember that you don't remember at times when you needed to know them. And you can say, I know who the first president of the United States was. Now don't bet your money that a lot of people do. But that doesn't mean you knew George Washington. I was standing in a, in a, in a line at, 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 a, at a grocery store and there was two ladies in front. And this was way back when, when Meg Ryan was a very on the front page actress. I love her 
movies and stuff. And these two women were talking like about Meg Ryan as if they lived next door. <laughs> and I, I was so tempted. I was so tempted to go, excuse me, do you know Meg Ryan? <laughs> right? Yeah, we do. We don't know them. But Paul is saying, you can be that way with grace. Oh, yeah, grace. I know the Greek word. It's charis. It means unmerited favor. Yada, 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 yada. Yeah, but do you know grace? Paul is like, doctoral accuracy, four stars. Get your Sunday school pen to go home. You got it. But I want you to experience it. And peace. It'd be like this. Why does he want us to experience grace and peace? Well, let's, I was thinking of this. You can use this. You don't have to give me credit. <laughs> so, God forbid there's this person that we know that, that passes away. And uh, we're having a, a service for them. And Ollie does the eulogy. And he gets up and he starts telling us what we all know, all the great things about this person. Da, 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 da. Now don't get anybody in your mind. because uh, but, but he starts telling about this person. And then all of a sudden, this person, because of the good things that are spoken, sits up in the casket. And they're like, and, we're, we, and we all like die of heart attacks. But like we all say, I'd love to see God raise somebody from the dead. You know, yeah, right? We'd be like, I'd love to see an angel until I do. Oh, I'm so tempted to go there. But anyway, um, so Ollie's eulogizing good words. And this person comes, listen, I was in paradise and I heard all this stuff and it was coming my way and I started feeling the vibe and I thought, thank God and I'm going back. And they get up and they're in the casket and we're like, dude, and, he, they're, and he's like, dude. And then, and then we go, come on, let's get up and go. And he's like, no, this casket's comfortable. I'm alive, but I think I'm just gonna lay right here. Paul is saying, I want the Holy Spirit to hit you on these themes that you get up out of your casket and you go, right? You go, you go. He graces us and sends peace to us and many other things we're gonna talk about later in other messages so that we can show it, so that we can shine it and so that we can salt it. That's what Jesus said. In other words, you're loved by the Father, live in it. You're loaded with kindness, let it out. You're lifted in giftedness, light it up. You're led into good works, pay it forward. Pay it forward. Loved by the Father, grace and peace is yours. And this is Paul's hope. Paul's hope is, Paul's hope is experiencing empowered favor. In experiencing. Paul's hope is, you know, not just to have an emoji from God. Oh, look, hugs from God. No, no. Embrace from God. You, uh, I, I, any of you have like a favorite fall sweater or hoodie or sweatshirt? I mean, you, you just, it's your go-to. It's, it's just your favorite. 
And, and it's, it's your favorite no matter what. But how about this? When you get it freshly out of the dryer and you put that baby on, that feeling. It's your sweater, but oh man, yeah? That's empowering favor. That's grace with the feels. That's not only knowing you're in the favored coat of your father, but you're going in the favored coat of your father. Many of us know about the position God's granted us in the location. We know about grace, meaning there's no condemnation. I, I'm favored by God. We know about peace. I have, en enmity is absent. Enmity is non-existent in my relationship with God. That's the peace with God. But the peace of God that surpasses understanding, that, not peace with God, the peace of God is what keeps your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. You it? Yeah? How many times do you read Paul where he says, but, and so much more, and so much more, and so much more, and so much. Jesus brought the experience of grace. Jesus brought the experience of peace. I want to show you. I want to show you three, three moments of empowering grace, experiential grace from Paul's traveling companion, Luke. Guess what gospel he wrote? Luke, right. So Luke, Luke, Luke gives us, I'm so funny, I can't even help. I'm not as funny as that sister right there makes me appear to be. But I enjoy it, I enjoy it. Don't hold back, get out of the casket, let's go. Empowering grace. Here's one. The Lord and Simon Peter. Remember, they, caught all, they fished all night and caught nothing. And Jesus says, throw your net on the other side. And they do. We know what happens. Well, Luke, Luke brings us in. There's this miracle that Jesus manifests, not just for the people, but for Simon. Because the miracle is about calling Simon into partnership with Jesus. That's what it's about. But notice this. When this takes place, something triggers inside Simon. And instead of going, wow, this is awesome, let's launch and go. If you do this here, you can do this anywhere. Instead of that, the, 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 the release of the majesty of God's hand does this. Luke gives us the account. But when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet saying, notice this, go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. Now, he's not telling the Lord to get lost. He is saying, you don't know what I know about me. He's saying without saying, you, if you knew me, you wouldn't, want, you wouldn't be trusting me to, to be. You, and listen to Jesus, you logos, good words. Good words with power. Watch this. And Jesus said, don't overlook those words anymore. And Jesus said, do not fear. Do not fear what? When you see your brokenness, your dysfunction, your falling shorts, 
come up in your face and in your soul when I manifest my glory. Don't fear that to mean that I don't want you. That's what he's saying. How many of you think that's good? How many of you, not that I said it, but how many think that truth is good? Right? He says, don't fear. Here's the empowering favor. From now on, you will be catching men. He experienced that. And you know what he did? Him and his partners, at once, they got out of the casket of life, left their nets, and on they went. Grace gets something in your feet. Empowering grace. You get up out of the casket. You don't just praise God in it. You get out of it. And you go back into the land of the dead and the land of the living. Because Simon realized in spite of all he knew about himself and would know even more. That did not disconnect him from being able to faithfully plant his feet in the call of God for his life. You with me? There's another one. The second one, I love this second one. Don't you love the story about the leper? Don't you love that story? So we're in Luke again, and the leper, of course, if you have the type of skin disease he had, you, you, aren't even, you aren't allowed in the, in the city. You're not allowed in the proximity of anyone. You're not allowed in the synagogue. You are on your own. And, and when Luke, Luke gives us this picture, look, look with me, if you would, in the fifth chapter, right below the one we just looked at. While he, Jesus, was in one of the cities, behold. I love that. It's like, here we go. Behold. Get ready. Watch this. That's what he says. There was a man. Now, here's Luke being Luke. He doesn't just say there was a leper. He says there was a man covered. See, Luke gives you the details. There was a man covered with leprosy. Think of it. Think just, think of it. There was a man covered and he implored him. The word implored means to be so desperate that you're literally, to be so desperate you're literally begging. The only people probably that would identify emotionally with this level of what this guy's feeling is somebody that's watching their kid just, just spiral into addictions without any help and everything you try, it doesn't change it. And it's your son, it's your daughter. That, that, that kind of prayer is not a, Lord, if it be your, you know what you're doing? You're on your face, right? You're on, you're on your face. Now picture being this guy, not only you, you, he's not healing you, yeah, you have no one around you. There isn't like a, there isn't like a leper's community fellowship. You're alone. Oh. Let me ask you, have you ever been in a season of your life where you were just really alone? You, you, you know what that feels like. I mean, I don't mean, well, I'm at the house by myself and my kid's down the street. I mean, I think about people in the nursing homes. I go up there to see my mom now, and I think, think about women and men that are sitting out in their wheelchair, and sometimes I think, would it be better to not have your wits about you? Because this lady just said she's waiting for her son to come, and her son has never come. I don't want to know what that's like. This leper is feeling that kind of 
And then he says this, Lord, he knows Jesus is Lord. If you're willing. See, you get to the point where you've prayed and it didn't. You prayed and it didn't. And if you're willing, but, he, but, but what faith? If you're willing, you can make me clean. Now, here's your look at those. Here is you. Here's good words. And Luke, thank you, Luke. You allowed to talk to the living? And Luke says it this way. And he's, this is important. This is the ministry of Jesus. He stretched out his hand. And not only that, he touched him. And then he eulogized him. He spoke and he said, come on now. I am willing. Be cleansed. And immediately, thank you, Lord, the leprosy left him. Now, do you think that man was going to sit in the casket from that day on? You know what Jesus says to him? Get up. I'm using a metaphor. Get up out of that casket and go show yourself. Well, I'm not a show off. Go show yourself. Go straight to the priests who don't think that can happen anymore. Go straight to them and say, I remember. Bing. Right. Go do that. And listen, 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 listen. And give an offering. In other words, go show it and pay it forward. Remember our friend that wrote the song, Frederick? He lost everything and out of losing everything, he kind of came to his senses, thought I gotta get back to church. And he hears that message about the love of God and it stirs him so deeply that he has to write down stanzas, and he does, and he has a melody to it. But he thinks, I need another, a third stanza because in that time frame, uh, uh, songs really didn't have legitimacy until they had three stanzas. He struggled with finding a verse, and then he remembered something. He remembered that a friend of his gave him a poem years back as a bookmark, and he put it in a book. And at the bottom of the card that was given to, Fra to Frederick were these words. Listen closely. This was a friend who gave this poem and this bookmark to Frederick. These words were found written on a cell wall in a prison some 200 years ago. It's not known why the prisoner was there. Neither is it known if the words were original or if he had heard them somewhere and had decided to put them in a place where he could be reminded of the greatness of God's love. Whatever the circumstances, he wrote these words on the wall in his cell. Then the man died prisoner and men from the prison were to go in and repaint the walls and this one man saw what was written and before he allowed them to over to paint it over he wrote those words on paper and took them with him and he gave those words to Frederick loved by the father live in it 
lifted by the Spirit, show it. And be led into good works which God mapped out before you were born. Watch this sequence. Here's this prisoner for some way. He got this, this lyric, this poem, 200 years. Feels whatever to write it on the wall of his prison cell. What did it do for him? We'll never know. But show you how God's in control of all of our lives. Even when we don't know it. Even when we don't feel it. This guy's thinking, I'll write these words on my prison cell wall. And then he dies. Well, they come in to paint and this one guy goes, you know what? Mm, I'm going to write these words on a piece of paper. And then when he finds out about his friend's downtrodden situation, he thinks, I'm going to give these words to my friend. And those words were in a book, in a casket, not eulogos, until Frederick, going through his hardship, feels led or not, need to go to church. And this pastor somewhere the week before or weeks before goes, you know what? This coming Sunday, I'm going to preach a sermon about the love of God. I'd like to ask that pastor, did you feel the Holy Spirit that day? You know what, Dustin? He'll probably say, no. I felt like I hit a ground ball to short. That's how I say it. Sometimes I'll leave and I'll go, man, that was nothing but a foul out on the third baseline. That was nothing but a ground ball to short. I should have took that pitch to right field. Instead, I rolled my wrists and did what every other dummy does. Rolled it right to shortstop, out at first. And it's amazing sometimes when some of those moments, and this isn't to toot my horn, but God's. In some of those moments, before I get home, I'll get a message that says, dude, when you said da-da-da-da-da, I looked at my husband and went, was he living with us last week? And, and, and a lot of things like that. Because listen, God doesn't need our expertise. He needs our availability. And he does amazing things. So he hears this message on the love of God. And he can't sleep. He has to write it down. He has to write. He starts something because he heard that, did something in his casket, and he has to write it down. Put melody to it. And then he adds this third verse that was written 200 years ago by somebody that somehow or another this prisoner got, wrote it on his prison wall, and on we go. Here were the words that were on the prison wall. Could we with ink the ocean fill? And were the skies of parchment made? Were every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade. To write the love of God above would drain the oceans dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. 
Oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions and sins, God loved us. After that, he went out and noticed a tax collector named Levi. sitting in the tax booth and Jesus said to him, Eulogos, follow me. Just to choose this man who was in the culture ostracized by his own brothers, his own family, probably blackballed from the synagogue, of course, because he was in league with Rome and he was rich. He took money beyond the limitation that he was allotted by the Roman government to do so and he got rich off the poor people in Israel. Well, surely the Messiah would come and crush that up. Not this one. He said to him, follow me. The invite itself would be enough empowerment. And Luke tells us what Levi does. Look at this. And he left everything behind. See, that's what happens. Can we go there? Yeah. Where are we? Yeah. And he left everything behind and got up and followed him. And I love this part. And Levi gave a, re uh, here's Luke, not a reception. Levi gave a big reception for him in his house. Even tells you where. And there was not just a crowd, there was a great crowd. Do you realize what this empowerment from Jesus did? Do you know what kind of shockwave it sent to all of Centerville? He called Levi Maybe there's hope for moi. There was a great crowd of who? Tax collectors. And others who were, I love this too, reclining at the table. There's no fear there. There's no criticism there. There's no judgment there. See, when Jesus is in the place, Shalom happens. Grace and peace. I, I, I'm ready to close tomorrow. <laughs> oh, do you know who Levi was? No, don't tell me. Let me tell you. Do you know who Levi was? Levi's Hebrew name is Matthew. Levi, from that follow me, gets out of the casket, goes with Jesus, and Levi, when you open the New Testament, where most people do when they start reading the Bible, New Testament, or you go Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, no, New Testament. New Testament, <laughs> New Testament, Matthew, right off, there he is. Matthew, we, 
Now that song was lyric 200 years before Frederick got the last lines. 2,000 years later, we're reading Levi's story. Come on now. Let me show you something about the peace of God and then we're gonna, we're gonna open it up to the Lord's table. I hope you got one, right? Luke gives us a picture of peace that comes from grace. Now, the word grace, I don't have time, we'll unpack this next week. But grace is a deeply embedded word from the Old Testament world of the sacred word called hesed, which is the covenant loyalty. Uh, you, you, tender mercy is hesed. Forgiveness is hesed. Kindness is hesed. Good intentions towards somebody, it's all in this sacred word hesed. And hesed has to do with kinsmanship. It has to do with blood kind. Just like you and I have family that we, we love them all, but some are a little bit more challenging to love than others. But because they are, what's the phrase? What is, what is thicker than water? Blood. Well, in God's heart, we're all his blood. And so in that deep sacred bond of hesed, he moves towards people who aren't worthy of it because it's not who's worthy, it's blood. He has kinned himself. So kindness has to be released. That's what Gracie is. Jesus died because he was kinned in Hesed bond with his father. He didn't just die for sinners. He died because his father's heart wanted to redeem all. He died in that covenant with his father. That's why he took the cup in the garden when everything inside of him was telling him, you don't have to do this. He said, my passion is for him. Father. Hmm? But also, sons, daughters. So on the cross is his passion. His passion is in the sacred bond of Hesed. And I'll tell you, I'm just going to give the Holy Spirit, uh, I'm going to give the Holy Spirit the praise he's due. Because nobody can inspire picturesque prophetic poetry unmatched like the Holy Spirit. So when he fills John the Baptist's dad with himself, like the pen of a ready writer with his tongue, Zechariah describes God bringing peace that's based out of the sacred bond of Hesed, which is grace. Look what he says here. He says, boom. <laughs> because of, this is why. We're going to be done right there, okay? Because of, because of, because of. Do you get it? Not because of you, not because of me, not because we've done it, not because we've earned it, not because we've climbed up higher than everybody else, not because we almost jumped across the Grand Canyon. We got closer. Closer is no cigar. All have sinned, but because of the tender mercy of God. Hesed. The heart in God's heart. Because of the tender mercy of our God. 
I love how he describes God coming toward us in peace. He describes it like a sunrise with which the sunrise from on high will visit us to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. And to do what? Guide our feet into the way of peace. Shalom. Irene is the Greek word. It means, it means the op. It means the opposite of having hostile enemies against you. It's the opposite. It's, it's the vacuum of that. There is none of that. You get into this place and it's like, where do all the people that hate me go? They're gone. No, they're not only gone, but they're not in my head. They're nowhere. That's what this shalom is. It's a, it's a serene, it's a tranquility without limits. It's a sense of not just peace, but of well-being that covers all of your goods, all of your household, all of your lot, all of your territory. So when God is saying the sunrise is coming, it's a blazing one. It's a blazing one. For who? For who? For the worthy? No. For, for none of us are worthy. But because of his tender mercy. Now here's the thing. He wants us to celebrate that beyond anything we've ever known. When we gather, when we live in our day, but he wants us to remember what Paul goes on later in the second chapter and says, remember when you were separated from God? Remember when you were without hope? And without God in the world? There are people just like me and you wandering. And I just wonder what a eulogos from Jesus would do for them. I just wonder what a good word with God's breath on it because you are not knowing it just here, but in here, you know you're loved by God. You're favored by God. You're at peace. You know when, the, when it talks about putting on the armor of God in the battle, we put a helmet of salvation, a sword of the spirit. Do you ever read the one you go, and your feet fitted or shod, the King James says. They quit saying that about 600 years ago. Your feet prepared with the gospel of peace. Now, you have to know the Old Testament to know what that means because it's a reference from Isaiah 52 that talks about people who are up on a high mountain so they can be seen and they're preaching to the world that God reigns and has come to help them. So one of the ways we overcome the enemy in the battle is not just getting up in the morning and like a, like a yoga move, putting on the helmet and all that, and then just, okay, I did my, put my armor on. No, it's about actually living, breathing, walking in life. And one of those things is the way I'm gonna win this spiritual battle that the enemy has called against me is I'm gonna walk out with peace on my feet like that sunrise coming into people's darkness because I'm favored by God. I'm not showing off, I'm showing him and I'm anointed and I've got peace in my life. And boy, you talk about shine. And the things that I'm about, I should be really about. The things that I do, I should take it from a two to a 10. 
I mean, I should turn the dial up in my giftedness and my liftedness. Come on. Instead of cowering back because my older brothers are going to say, I know why you came out here. Or as Joseph's brothers, who do you think you are, you dreamer? Well, Joseph would have been right to say, well, in about 20 years, I'm going to not only save your lives, but the whole nation of Israel. See, you don't know. That prisoner may have been half out of his mind. And the only sanity he had would be when the werewolf would start to howl, would be to look at that wall and read those words. You know what? Every person in the world that's gotten saved in Jesus because they heard that song, Love of God, that man will get rewarded. See how it all goes? There are some that plant, there's some that water, there's some in the forefront, there's some in the back front, but there's no back front in God. I want to end with this verse because we've talked about men, but this is my favorite. This is about women. Man, I think about the little girls and the women in our world and our country and our nation and in the, in the West and, and there's so much. And, and listen, listen. And, and, and the serpent is baiting and saying, you don't need this, you don't need that. It's just about this, it's just about that. And listen, that comes out of brokenness, that comes out of hurt, that comes out of pain, all that. And the devil always, when you go through trauma, he always has your answer. But it'll kill you, it'll kill you. And you'll feel good dying until you die. Jesus comes along and look what he does. The tw I'm done after this. The tw you got a minute? Two. Three. <laughs> the 12 were with Jesus. This is the, the, tw the 12 were with him and also some women. Now look at this. Now this isn't, uh, this isn't the description of women. Please don't, this is not. But this, these, are, these were women who, who were, look, at the, look what he did. Mary, who was called Magdalene. Anybody know what happens to her later? Anybody know who the first person was that saw the resurrected Christ? Anybody know? Let me tell you where she started. From whom seven demons had gone out. Seven. Can you imagine just having one? Demons, not weaknesses, not struggles, demon entities. And Jesus drove them out of her. And then he talks about Joanna, the wife of Cusa, who, oh, by the way, was a right-hand man to King Herod. See, God can put his people anywhere. And Susanna and many others. And here's what they were doing. Here it is. Here's the pay it forward. What were they doing? They were contributing to their support out of their private means. That's the gospel. That's the everybody. That's the all inners club. 
And when we step back from serving and we step back from offering, a lot of times as believers, it's because we've turned. Something's got in our path. Paul says to the Galatians, who stepped in? Who got in front of you? Who cast a spell on you? I remember a day when, when I was going through this malady with my eyes, he says to the Galatians, you would have plucked your own eyes out and given them to me. You love me so much. What's happened to you? Here's what's happened to us. We get our eyes off the riches. And so Paul says, I get down on my knees before God the Father. To you who are graced and you who are full of peace and blessed and who have the person of the Spirit already in you, guaranteeing your arrival there, I pray that your eyes would be able to see what you are. You'd be able to know that you know his calling, his power to raise the dead. The power to raise the dead through you. Not physical. I don't mean, don't go to the hospital. I'm not, it's not that. It's everybody's dead or alive. And you go out with good words, with the breath of God on them, telling your story with his hand on your life. And Jesus will show up and change the world, your world my world. Do not fear. From now on, you will catch people. Band. Band on the run. That's, that's you guys. Band on the run. Here they come. All right. While they come, you have your cup and your bread. I've always been in between those who say that this is just symbolic and those who say it's a sacrament. I, I, I do believe this, that there is a spiritual grace. There's a spiritual grace to those who in heart, like Jesus, with everything, he said it in Luke, with everything in me, I have longed to eat this Passover. When we come to God like that, we say, Lord, with everything in me, I long to break bread with you. Would you take the bread? He said, now, Hesed, this is Hesed talking. This is a sacred bond. Listen, this is my body. This 32-something, three, 33-year-old man, son of God, was about to be bludgeoned to death. And he says, and he knows it. He knows it. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I don't think that means, when we just think back, I think that means I take the, the, the work of Jesus and I, by faith, bring it into my right now. Because by his wounds, we were healed. And I pray in the name of Jesus and I speak the eulogos over you 
that when you partake, you have every right in God by the blood to believe for a release of grace and peace, whole being to your chronic sickness, to anything that has, has you, uh, has you in, in an infirmity. And I believe we can believe for miracles. I don't understand the ways and the wind of God, but it doesn't come through us. It comes through hesed. It comes through mercy. It comes through peace. I really believe that one of the reasons we don't receive from God is because we try to work it up. We try to work up worship. We try to work up things and it just turns the Lord off because he doesn't want to make us think it was because our arm wrestled that I got my answer. He wants us to give up and say, Lord, like the leper. Remember him and receive in Jesus' name. What do you need? Don't you love these new fangled things? And after that, he took the cup. And then the, even more. This is my blood. This is my blood. Shed for you. Because I'm going to shed my blood before I did, I can welcome Levi in. I can minister to the woman caught in the act of adultery because just as God didn't judge the nation of Israel fully because looking forward to the cross, we can look back to the cross and the blood and realize, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Do this in remembrance of me. I, I just want to say one word before we, 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 we worship and, and, and go our way. I grew up, you know it, I grew up in church. Didn't go as all the time, but grew up in church. I could have led a heathen to Christ when I was one. I knew all the Romans road. I knew the Galatian road. I knew all the roads. And I could fake it. But one Sunday morning, probably a song that I sang as a kid many times. The eulogos, the, the eulogos happened to me. And I heard, I heard in my hearing, and I'm talking to somebody in this room right now, because this is you. I heard this from God, the line that said, though millions have called him a friend and have turned from the sins they have sinned. The Savior still waits to open the gates. To open the gates. And reach out to sinners before it's too late. 
And when they sang that line, God said, Tim, today the gate's open for you. There's room at the cross for you. Though millions, there's still, I was a religious kid and I wasn't right with God. I have a burden for people who are born again in the head, but have never been changed in the heart. And I don't want anyone that I ever have ever preached to, to be that on judgment day, where they are surprised in the wrong way. There is a gospel that will touch your life, bring a dynamic to your life, break the power of sin, break the, the chains of the past and lift you up into newness of life. Your feet start walking a new path, not because you have to, because God puts a want to inside of you by grace. Lord, I pray for anyone today in this room or listening, watching, or will listen and watch that they would know this is a divine moment. Today is the day of salvation for you. Just as he said to blind Bartimaeus, be of good cheer. The master is calling you. And may that go out. May the bell ring from here to eternity. And may the person not only hear, but come running to the place, Christ Jesus, and be saved. Lord, I pray for anyone in this room today that knows about you, but they know, they know that you've zeroed in. And I pray that they would have the grace to say right now, like the thief on the cross, Jesus, remember me. Jesus, like the, like the tax collector, be merciful to me, a sinner. To others who wrote, I've wandered far away from God, but now I'm coming home. For whoever that is, more than one, more than 10, may the, the power of, of heaven, may the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, may the spirit that awakened those who actually consented to his crucifixion 40 days later say, what do I have to do to be saved? May the power of the Holy Spirit move across this place and touch every life. May no one be able to turn from the call from the cross of Jesus Christ. And may the power of God draw them out of darkness, out of the tombs, out of the caskets, into a blazing light of sunshine on their life, their family, their soul. Listen, this is a word to somebody. God just told me to say it. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your household. My mother made a move on a Wednesday night to an altar and gave her life and all her kids to God. Within a month or so, everyone in her family walked that same altar to give their life to God. Believe, on, this is for somebody, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't care what's going on in your home. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved and your household in the name of Jesus. While we're worshiping to close and Dustin will close it however he feels led to do so. The altars are open, heaven's open, and may the grace and peace of God wash over you in Jesus' name. Hey, this is Pastor Dustin, and thanks for listening. If you live in the Western Maryland area, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services or weekday gatherings. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environment, please visit myloh.church.